All right, Clint from the doorway too, hanging out with the guys from Sea Sleeper. Uh, really appreciate you goddamn doing this. Uh, I, I know we had some technical difficulties for, to try and get this, but it, trust me, it's going to be well, well worth it. Yeah, man. Uh, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves, what you do in the band, and then I'll start asking some questions. Yeah, uh, I'm Jess. Um, I am the guitar player and vocalist. And then this is, uh, this is Shane here. Yeah, I'm Shane. I'm the drummer. Uh, we are brothers. We're brothers. So, yeah. And we've been playing music together for a long, long time. Yes, we have. Awesome. Cool. Well, it's good to have a bunch of brothers that uh, play music together and like the same kind of music. So the first question, well, actually, the first comment I'm going to make is uh, I am not a fan of the term post-metal in any way, <laughs> shape, form, okay? It's such a weird term for what you do. Um, there are post-metal bands out there, but you are so much more than what I would call post-metal, all right? Um, and, and, and I kind of want to talk about two bands in particular that I really hear when I'm listening to the record, and they're polar opposites, so it's probably going to make you smile a bit. Uh, <laughs> all right, so one that I totally agree with is the Mastodon thing, but the Mastodon thing I hear like inside and out, especially the first two records. That's really what I hear from you guys, the aggression, the fury of that. But what I also hear from you is uh, is very much kind of crusty doom metal. Um, so uh, like old school Melvins or like Newthgrush or like Buzz Oven, like especially when the vocals get kind of snarly and nasty. And I kind of wanted to ask you, did you on purpose kind of add that kind of progressive death metal mixed with that kind of crusty grindy sound on this record or was it just kind of a natural progression to where you you know where it is right now yeah man that's a that's a good question because you i mean when we're writing this um obviously we're inspired by our influences and you know the we did not expect this record to to be as aggressive and as like although like kind of black metal and just grimy and just mm -hmm. grindy and sludgy. That was something that I don't think we, anyone in the band spends a lot of time listening to like, uh, like grindcore or sludge or anything like that, but it just kind of came out and it just kind of felt natural too. And I mean, the Mastodon, Mastodon's a huge influence to me, particularly uh, Crack the Sky. Um, and uh, I love everything old, old school Mastodon does. And that that's hard to keep out of our, our stuff. Sure. But uh, yeah, like uh, I know our bass player, Nick, he listens to a lot of black metal and he's introduced me to a lot of like just kind of like black metal and doomy black metal style bands. And I'm sure those have rubbed off. And then too, just my voice kind of has that inclination for that higher range. So we kind of just took advantage of that, I feel like. And it's it's kind of funny you ask that question because we've noticed um since this record has come out, uh, we've kind of pissed a lot of people off with the way that we've been trying to like uh, label it, classify yeah. ourselves. Like, <laughs> like we've been we've been incredibly surprised at just how polarizing uh, this release has been. It's kind of been like you either love it or hate it type thing. Um, and you know, we've we've heard so many different opinions on like what what we should be classified and we we don't even know ourselves anymore yeah. what we should be calling ourselves like at the end of the day we were thinking pacific northwest metal just calling you know, that and rolling <laughs> that and just calling it good yeah oh. 
No, awesome. So yeah, so that's kind of what I wanted to continue to talk about a little bit was, is to me, post-metal is more like neurosis or ISIS or things like that. Um, you guys have a very kind of bluesy kind of groove to what you do as, to, as well too. And I really dig the mixture of the more clean sing sung vocals with the harsher vocals. And then another band that really kind of drew me to what you do is a, is another band called Baroness. And oh, yeah. uh, you guys like really have that kind of Baroness sound to me where you're not afraid to be balls out aggressive, but you also have this melody that pisses a lot of metal fans off. I'm just going to be sure. real honest. Like uh, there's almost a pop sensibility at time at what you're doing in, in the coolest sense of the word pop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I kind of wanted to ask you, like, uh, it's great to have the drummer here because that was kind of one of the questions I was going to ask. Uh, the drums almost seem like they're intentionally laid back, like almost like to fit in the pocket, to fit in the groove of the actual guitars that are playing themselves, where you can tell when you get into those prog moments of like where you're really going balls out on the drums, but it's almost intentionally you're letting the music breathe and you know the spots to allow the drums to sit back a little bit with the, and letting the guitars and the bass lines really go. So when you were recording this record, uh, did you have a drum path set for this or did you kind of just play to the vibe of the music? Well, I think that it's always kind of first to the vibe of the music. Um, and, and a lot of these things, like they're not, intentional but i know that like within my influences i'm a very spacious uh metal guy i love uh i love the opeths of the world i love mashuga i love strapping young lad a lot of these more technical extreme projects but have more spacious drums um and i think that uh jess and i have kind of both agreed that the drums can really kind of bog something down as well. So uh, there are times where perhaps I'm laying it on too much and Jess will make a suggestion that it's too much. And we, we kind of just try to strike that, that uh, I guess, that, that middle ground uh, the best that we possibly can, you know. And there's times, too, when, when a simple riff can be amplified by a really cool drum part. And that's kind of like when... I feel like Shane shines is when he makes this kind of uh, a transition or a, uh, you know, a, a post chorus. not that we have post or pre courses or anything like that, but a, a segment and takes that from, it's kind of the same thing that Mario Duplantier does with Gorgira, yeah. where I believe he is the backbone of that band. You, you take him out and you put another drummer in just your average drummer. And that's a whole different band. Yeah. Um, and I think Shane has that same sort of, um approach where he can make a part just really odd when maybe underneath it isn't that odd cool uh awesome so i want to talk about one song in particular and uh i'm not the cleanest mouth person in the world but you took a fucking band right out of my mouth that i was going to talk about so that's really awesome that you did that mm -hmm. um but it's uh far more than sustenance now that's mm -hmm. probably my favorite goddamn track on the record and yeah, me too all right. And here's the reason why, uh, because you just mentioned Strapping Young Lad. And I swear to God, 
if Strapping Young Lad was still around today, they would have recorded that goddamn song because <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of when Devin Townsend and Gene Hoagland were sitting in a room together and they said, you know what? We're going to record a record that only our fans are going to like and the rest of the world is going to goddamn hate. Yeah. Uh, and that's what that song reminds me of because you add the the melody, the fierceness, and those really, really kind of syncopated beats that like dry, draw me into a band like this. So I yeah. kind of want to ask about that song in particular. Tell me about the creation of it. Kind of talk about how it became because it's kind of much different than the rest of the record in my opinion. Yeah, the... Uh... So, yeah, Far More Than Sustenance Now was probably the last song we wrote for this record. And it was probably right when everything went into lockdown and we kind of locked ourselves in our uh, in our band space. And that was a song that we kind of wrote um, all together at the same time. Typically, how we write is we'll take the take some cool riffs, bring them into the band space. Shane and I kind of arrange and compose. And then Nick comes in and writes his killer bass lines over the top of that and helps us really just kind of cement the song. But this was one where there were several songs that were kind of like that on this album. And I think there are best songs is when we were all writing together, but this one kind of started with just like that intro riff. And we just took those, those notes that were being played and played them a bunch of different ways. But I think it really kind of helps the song gel and stay together. And it's just kind of a slow progression of those, uh, basically of that, that same intro riff kind of throughout the whole song. And it's also too, as we started writing album number two, it's that's kind of the vibe and the style that we're going for. Um, Cause we think we did really hit something on the head there. And I think everyone in the band from, from Nick to Shane uh, and, and just as a unit, that is, there's some really cool parts on that, on that, uh, that song. And then too, we also had uh, a couple guest vocals on the end there. Mm. Uh, our old buddy Mark and uh, our our other buddy Chris, who played with us in a previous band, uh, th that song when we finished, I was like, I got to have you know two of the homies who who really helped us uh, become the musicians we are today come in and spit over that track. Cool. Um, back to the strapping young lad thing. I think that uh, that's an influence uh, that I think we sound like. Um, more than like we're kind of getting credit for and uh i i haven't heard it yet i haven't heard it yet but when it comes to the drums i'm very i'm a huge gene hoagland uh guy I, I love all the all the guys that that know how to fill a song but not fill it to the point where it's where it's bogging the music down so i'm glad i'm glad to hear that that i'm sitting in front of another strapping young, <laughs> young lad fan here because oh, so oh, i think help. it's a very underrated band yeah Shane's been trying to get me into strapping young lad for years. And I think over time, um, it just unconsciously, like, uh, sort of Devin Townsend esque riffs have became sort of like my kind of niche and just kind of in the pocket to, to a certain extent, even though I wouldn't call myself a huge strapping young lad fan, but I definitely, I love Gene Hoagland though. That that's probably my, one of my favorite drummers in the metal, uh, in the metal game. And just to clarify, Devin Townsend when he was pissed off. Yeah, yeah. when he had those, when they had the skullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly. What you, you and I are both on the same wavelength right here on that. Um, so I'm a huge Devin Townsend fan. I literally saw strapping on their very last tour, and Gene was like, he, it hurt. 
Like it literally hurt to watch him play. That's how hard he plays live. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it was impressive. And yes, your influences are very much in that way. I would say that your drumming style to me reminds me, and this is just me paying homage to you, man. Don't you take it however you want it. Uh, but I hear a lot of kind of prog death and I hear a lot of kind of modern modern extreme metal in the way you play uh and that's almost on a jazzy way and that's why i like gene so much because he adds that laid-back feel and you know how again to not overplay the thing that pisses me off the most is when i really get into let, let's use opeth for a really good example <laughs> i really start getting into a groove or a riff and then it's like, okay, now it's going to be an eight-minute drum montage that's going to go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it doesn't it, – it, sometimes that just – you don't want that. That's not what you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. And uh, so I want to talk about another song as well, too. Uh, this is probably my second favorite on the record, and and, and that's Mountain Carver. And the, the reason why I like this record – the reason why I like this song the most is – it's probably the closest thing to a stoner rock song that I think you guys could ever possibly make. And it reminds, and that's where the barrenness really kind of comes into me. Uh, you know, sleep, uh, maybe even, you know, uh, th things along th those lines, uh, electric wizard kind of vibes to me. Like, that's what it reminds me of. So that song seems like it's just you guys playing music that you love. Uh, yeah. Where it's not so much you just like, hey, we're going to kind of put this on the record because we like this. And that I, I love that. So could you talk a little bit about that song as well, too? Because those two songs are probably the most diametrically different on the record for me. Yeah, the two epics, too. Um, well, <laughs> I think you like long songs. <laughs> oh, I play doom metal, dude. There you yeah, go. for sure. Um, yeah. So, again, I. Uh, baroness that's a great like i've always been like one of my um my secondary metal genres that i spent a lot of time listening to is stoner rock uh or bands like uh macedon you said sleep yep. um baroness too is also one i i listen to a lot of very like kind of bluesy um stoner spacious metal and that too is also a very comfortable place for us to write and with mountain carver I remember I, uh, so Crack the Sky by Mastodon is probably my top three favorite albums of all time. And I remember I was listening to uh, The Czar by Mastodon off Crack the Sky. And I was just so in love with how they composed and arranged that song. And I really took a lot of inspiration as far as the guitar parts go into making like this long sort of intro that kind of winds, winds you down, kind of, kind of maybe puts you to sleep a little bit. And then I just wanted it to, to hit and then just get each riff, just get more and more aggressive. Um, but that that's, you know, probably one my second favorite song off our album, too, as well. And I think you're going to see uh, that kind of always in our sound. I think that's going to be hard for us to get away from. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of discussion between Jess and I, uh, how we kind of want to take our sound into the next record. And uh, I think we're we're trying to head in in that direction um, where we're kind of unifying our sound like we did with mountain and far more. Um, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think we want to focus on, you know, cause we're always looking at how we can make our music better and how we can evolve our music. Um, 
And we're always going to have those moments where it's just straight deathcore, grindcore, and it's just in your face. But we also want to, you know, this album, we kind of want to focus on like composition, making, uh, making it a little more tied together and also uh, like a little bit more melodic because I do love a lot of melody in my metal. And this album was kind of a, a dissonant hell to a certain extent. And again, that was kind of unintentional. But um, looking back on it all, I, we see where we want to grow and where we want to uh, where we, where we want to get to. Yeah, when when we were like finalizing this uh, album, I texted Jess. I was just like, "Man, this thing turned out way fucking heavier than we <laughs> intended it to be." So I think that 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 just speaks to how much we love death metal and we love yeah. like just kind of putting that stink face on people. And I think that that will always remain. But I think we're trying to find a better balance, like you saw with Mountain Carver and, and far more and try to just drive that balance through a whole entire album. Cool. Um, so if, if, if I could kind of throw my two, Please. Sets of, uh, I actually think Portland has a lot to do with this, with the sound. Okay. And the reason why I say that is it has that kind of, ethereal washed over tone even when you're super aggressive um which is something that i really like and that's a very northwest kind of metal vibe that's been happening lately and uh i'm gonna say uh you know a lot of the black metal bands there are kind of adding that ethereal kind of element too and i kind of wanted to see uh what bands locally do you do you feel like you're you're, you're kin to like who are man your, yeah who are your musical brothers that you would that you like to play with that you like to jam with so. dude i so i gotta just say the portland metal scene right now i think is a little right. underrated but it is on fire right now and no one knows so first off you have Aceteus false peace which came out last year absolutely mind-blowing like they they just created a whole new genre of metal. They got signed to translation loss uh, or translation list records too uh, before that record came out. Awesome band. We have the Odious, um, who uh, did Vesa Pieces, which came out uh, also last year too. Album of the year contender all over the place. You also have Vitriol, which um, are kind of uh, a lot of that band we used to play a lot of shows with in our previous band. And they're on, I think they're on Nuclear Blast right now. And then you have bands like Rank and Vile who are just straight up grindcore, just heavy crushing riffs. And definitely all of those bands have influenced us, especially when we're at a show and we're watching these absolutely amazing bands playing with us. And you're like blown away and you're, you're, you're kind of like, I can't believe that this bill, which has four amazing bands on it, are all like local from the scene playing in a club that maybe seats like 100 people. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you kind of get the sense when you're playing with these bands like, fuck, it's going to be hard to compete with that. You got to bring it. <laughs> and yeah. so what's funny is we've been all kind of like, we started all, like we've been playing with each other since 2008, like here and there playing shows, getting on bills together, and we've just fostered this, I think, uh, friendly competition between all the bands, and I feel like when you're dumped on for nine out of the 12 months uh, of the year uh, with rain on top of that, I feel like that's the Northwest sound that you're you're hearing. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I get the polar opposite. I get nine months out of the year at 120 uh, days. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I totally <laughs> understand. So that's why I play Doom and stuff like that, because it's slow and lumbering and just... Oh, yeah. yeah so I, I totally get it. Um, I just want to kind of make a comment about Vitriol, because that's really awesome. So uh, they literally played here like right before the whole pandemic goddamn thing happened. And uh, they were the opening band for Revocation. So, like, it was like, uh, I've never in my life seen that as an opening band before. And I was like, if it starts off like this, like, Revocation is in a world of goddamn hurt. Because that's like, <laughs> how good they were live. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm very into the, a lot of the Portland bands. And, and, and a lot of the bands you just mentioned, I agree. They're, they're you know charmed things that people are going to learn about because their next records are going to be big things. Um, sure. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so I want to talk about your album cover for a second. So the first thing that came to mind, and I'm sure this has nothing to do with it, is uh, I'm a big fantasy kind of sci-fi kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, holy shit, these guys were totally into like the Tolkien Lord of the Rings thing. Because when I looked at it, the I, it, it, it looked like a, it looked like an ent. So one of the tree guys from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and then when like I. Fruit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, from, uh, yeah. Yeah. So when I dug deeper and I looked deeper, there's so many layers in the artwork, though. Like, it's just the first thing that took me. So I want you to kind of talk about how you feel the album cover and art fits with the music because to me you're musically as layered as that album cover so that's really impressive oh thanks man i appreciate that uh yeah that that um that cover it it represents a lot of things so the the kind of theme of the album is sort of a kind of a fear of returning home but also a fear of the things that you are that you are pulled to and drawn to um, you know, there's, vices. There's a fear of losing control too in the old guard. Yeah, there it's kind of all a fear of these things that you know and are very much a part of your life. And you know, in the front and center, you have that the uh, I called him the green thing, and he kind of represents home, where he represents that thing that you are that you are drawn to, even though maybe you don't want to be drawn to it. And then you also have your your fields where Shane and I grew up, we grew up in a small farm town and those kind of uh, grain fields just represent home to a certain extent to me. And then on the left, you have the waves and we're very much, we grew up in a coastal town. We also grew up on a farm town for half of our childhood. And that just kind of encompassed, I don't know, it just, that just felt right. Uh, when we saw it, we were like, yeah, that's exactly what we want right there. Um, yeah, because the piece of art was already made. And it was just a perfect fit. And I think that the more I listened to the album, I was like, man, this, the, the album art is perfect for this album, yeah, I feel like. Yeah. So. Awesome. And uh, Colin, uh, Colin Dagubala, who does, uh, he's from England, and he is absolutely, he has works of art that, for me, I'm just drawn to his artistic style. And it's something where I told him like, Hey, you're going to do every single one of our album covers, you know, and Shane and I, we want to play music until we die together. So we're like, hope you stay alive for the next like 40, 50 years, man. Cause uh, <laughs> we're going to be hitting you up. Cool. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah. I, I, I love the cover. So that, that I, I, it's another reason I'm one of those, I'm 48. So I'm not a kid. Uh, I grew hey, up. Hey man, you look good for 48. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, yeah, you you could you could you could tell my body that too when I wake up in the morning, <laughs> like everything creaks and pops. But awesome, yeah. buddy. Um, but uh, I grew up going to the record store and literally picking up CDs and tapes and going like. I'm going to buy this just because the cover, right? And this is the kind of record that I would have looked at and said, I have no idea what the hell I'm getting myself into, but I'm definitely buying this. So yeah. like, you know, Why that's the kind of that. Cause I feel like, um, you know, we had a lot of write-ups from certain publications and certain like YouTube channels where I'm like, we should like, maybe next record we should, we should be getting that sort of attention. I feel like that album cover maybe drew some extra eyes to it that we wouldn't have normally gotten. So when they say don't judge a book by its cover, it's very hard not to. It's kind of in our, <laughs> uh, it's kind of in our instincts. Absolutely. Um, so the, the next thing I kind of want to talk about a little bit is uh, kind of tonality. Um, the band to me has some heavy topics. Um, and uh, I, I, the music sometimes doesn't come across. And I know you keep saying that you, you feel like you made a heavier record, but I feel like you almost made the right sounding record for the, what you're doing. All right. Um, mm -hmm. And the topics themselves seem kind of, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overlooking or overanalyzing because I'm also one of these guys that I can't listen to one song. I'm not this one song. And like, I'm going to go back and listen. I have to listen to an entire album a couple of yeah, times. Me too. Yeah. Yep. That's just, okay. That, that's just who I am. So, there's some really heavy mood and tones on this record. Uh, I know you were talking about like at the very end of it, you this when the lockdown started. So that could have had a lot to do with it. But when you were creating this record uh, and you were writing the lyrics, uh, were they always in this vein or when you were starting to record it and starting to put it all together, did you realize it needed a darker tone? Yeah. You know, um, Definitely wasn't intentional. I feel like um, just a couple things on that. One being, I feel like metal is one of the few genres that actually will talk about uh, things that are, are wrong. And instead of like talking about, you know, going to the beach and seeing the babes <laughs> or something like that, metal's kind of like, um, well, our music is so heavy. So maybe the things we'll write about is so heavy. And I think, um, too, like I, I really didn't put any any thought into like, should these be like heavier here or should these be, I was just kind of, uh, the song always inspires sort of for me, at least when I'm writing, it always in, like imagery comes to my mind when I'm writing our stuff. Sorry, man, my phone's going off. And I, I just see things when I'm writing the music and it's, that's kind of what comes to me. Songs like coffin salesman. I remember I was, I was listening to, uh, to the radio and this, I heard this news story and it was like this mother in Oregon um, could not get her son back from a um, from a funeral home because there's a law in Oregon. Once you drop a body off at a funeral home, you can't actually remove it from that funeral home. So there's this mom who thought she was these guys are absolutely taking advantage of her situation and she wanted to to go bury her son with someone else. But these coffin salesmen essentially and the state of Oregon too wouldn't let her do that. Um, and I was just like, I just remember like, I felt sick to my stomach hearing that story and that kind of inspired coffin salesmen. So a lot of the lyrics and stuff are, are kind of aimed around things I feel um, sure. regarding death and uh, you know, death, addiction, um, relationships, and, and also to just the, 
as hippie as it's going to sound, just the beauty of Earth also is something that's in our lyrics, too. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that at all, man. For sure. Um, so I want to talk about some feedback that I've read. And again, uh, I think your brother said it best on there has been some diametrically opposing reviews that I've seen for this record. Yeah. Uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, and uh, I'm just going to tell you for a fact that uh, Angry Metal Guy gave me a 0 out of 10 and said it was one of the worst records he had ever heard from me. Oh, so boy. I honestly think that that zine is one of the biggest bunch of dicks that I've ever seen in my life. So yeah. <laughs> listen to nothing that that asshole ever says. I'm just going to be real honest with you. Um, and that review kind of pissed me off and made me want to talk to you. Okay, I'm just going to... For sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, I really kind of want to say that like you're doing something different. And I've noticed that a lot of the more underground or heavier uh, like publications get very trend setting and they're, they're like in a box. Like if you don't, if you're not this black metal, if you're not this death metal, if you're not this doom metal, if you're not this kind of progressive, then you're not cool. Um, and I, I, I kind of wanted to ask you, out of all the reviews that you've seen or all the people you've talked to, has there been one comment or one kind of person or review that you were like, holy shit, I, I didn't expect this, but now that they're saying it, this totally does fit the music that we do. Shane, you got something for that one? Well, I think... Uh... You know, it's been it's been a very introspective uh, experience seeing how people kind of all across the the board have been perceiving this album, um, and it's kind of like perspective that uh, we've never. This is the first album we've full album we've put out before. We've literally been doing this since Jess and I have been playing together since like two thousand four. You know, we we kind of have no idea how to perceive ourselves up until this point. Um, and so, you know, I think that the, the Angry Metal review was kind of hard for us to swallow, to be honest. Yeah, it hit pretty hard. Hit pretty hard. Because I, I, I always would go on Angry Metal Guy. And, like, we're fans of the, the blog, you yeah. know? And so... For me, it was, um, it, was, it was really cool to see. Because, like, Shane texts me the next day. He goes, hey, man, there's a bunch of people, like, telling like this guy that he's he's absolutely wrong on on, <laughs> on several different points and that felt really good but you know at at the same time like i like for me like you're gonna go after like uh there's a line like where it says uh they will eat all your meat and bones soggy ligaments and your rotting teeth and i'm like is that the like there's not a metal band who like didn't do has similar lyrics like that can we go look at some cattle decapitation lyrics and like it was kind of a tongue in cheek and I get that like they're having fun with it. But at the same time, we've gotten a lot of nines and tens and mm. and we've we've gotten so much feedback and we've sold. We Our sales have done really good. The it's been overwhelmingly positive. I think Shane said it's either like it or hate it, but we really have gotten maybe one bad review. And that was kind of angry metal guy. And when I went and I think one of a couple of the writers too in the comment section said like, Hey, you guys are doing awesome. Um, you know what I mean? So I felt like the, there's to a certain extent with metal, you got to keep in mind that this is the most elite, 
you have elitism mentality that runs rampant. And the fact that we got as many nines and tens and eights as we did, I, I consider that a win to a certain extent because this is a genre where you either you this is where you like if it's deathcore, if it's this or this, it can go go to hell. So it took me a day or two to kind of be like, oh man, like um I don't know. I, I it hit us a little bit hard, but a day or two and then seeing like I think right after that we got a, a 10 out of 10 album review too. And just people are gonna love it or people are gonna hate it. And then I saw too who got the two out of five two with us. Uh what band was that? Oh, I think Fallujah got one of oh, my yeah. favorite bands, Fallujah got like torn up on the reviews. I'm just like it's yeah. just kind of how it goes. And and it's so subjective, too, because those people who gave up tens too, you know, I mean, there's people on the other spectrum like, how could you give this album a 10? And then two, just to talk about you getting a zero out of 10, man. I mean, that's just that ain't right, man. There's no album that's a zero out of 10, man. I, 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 I loved it. I'm going to tell you for a sheer fact, we probably sold 500 records that week. Just I was because say it was just it was because somebody would be we got so many feedback, like, this guy has no goddamn clue what he's talking about. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, it was probably the greatest review ever. And when he slags me, I just, like, I wait for the, the checks to come in. That's kind of, like, uh, that's kind of the jokes that I make. But uh, yeah. but you that guys are... your question? Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. that Like I said, um, th- that that was that was really... that That's kind of what I was looking for. Um, so it's it's nice to see, like, so many people actually getting what you do um and and that's kind of what i was i was hoping to hear um so i i i want to talk i want to dig a little bit deeper into kind of the the vocal styling a little bit as well too Mm -hmm. and uh i'm trying to be the best way to say it because it's kind of uh it's kind of a long thought but uh (laughs) yeah man take your time get it out yeah yeah so so I almost want to ask, like, are you two different people when you're doing your more clean kind of vocals versus your growled kind of vocals? Because it almost feels like, and I know you said that you didn't really write it in this way, but it feels like the way it was done is there's the more hopeful side, which has got more of kind of a clean melodic thing. And then the very dissonant pissed off, like, uh, the world is lost and you need to listen to me kind of vibe when you're kind of doing the more death metal side. Was that intentional or was that just something that when you came to record the, the vocals, you said, I need to do it this way or that way, or it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, it, that it does play into that though. If something doesn't feel right, then I will obviously change up my approach, but there's, there's kind of like three different, of those screams that are happening, even though it kind of all feels like it's in the same sort of range. There's a really high strain that's kind of channeling some black metal. There's also like what I would consider my mids and lows. And typically when I go super high, that's when I'm, I, I really connect with the lyrics that I'm saying. Um, and then too, as far as the clean vocal goes, like I really enjoy a lot of my metal that has clean singing, like again, kind of going back to the metal elitism that's out there. And and one thing I will say about you is you to me seem like someone who's very open metalhead. And I feel like our community needs to be a little bit more open and it's okay if you don't connect to a, a band or music, but you don't have to, you know, then bash on the smithereens because they don't play your genre of music. So for me, like bands like, um, bands like Macedon bands, like, um, opeth bands 
even Gorgira to a certain extent, um, Black Crown Initiate really inspire sure. me like lyrically and vocally. And just the, all the different approaches that they can have. Pedal Decapitation is another band that really inspires. Just these kind of weird and odd approaches to the vocal parts. on To not kind of just have a monotone take on the album, but having these like different forms of expression that are used throughout. Because there's probably six or seven different vocal styles on this album, and that's something we really want to continue to implement. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Nick, our bassist, takes on quite a vocal load as well. So he does, if you're yeah. hearing different uh, different vibe uh, clean singing, it's because we have Nick singing on some parts, too. Yeah. We, we kind of modeled uh, uh, Mastodon's approach, where everyone kind of has like their own unique singing uh, style. And when the time is right, you can bust it out. And so I think we... We uh, we're kind of all about that versatility and having options in certain parts of the song. I even sing in salt on the the last uh, clean part. I'm actually doing the uh, what is it? What, uh, the the high pitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. The falsetto there. I'm not sure if you can hear the falsetto. It's, it's mixed in kind of quietly, but yeah, yeah we we kind of it's uh, all hands on deck when it comes to the clean vocals for sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so let's talk about the record label for a second, because I don't know shit about Metal Assault <laughs> Records, all right? Uh, the only band I even know that's on there, because I looked and I've actually heard them, was Beekeeper. Um, so, uh, and that's an interesting project in itself. So yes, I'm it not, I, I'm not, yeah. but uh, how did you hook up with these guys? Like, do you, you are diametrically a opposed to most of the sound of that record and uh, yeah. the, that label in my opinion like yeah how, how how the hell did you hook up with this label because it almost seems like one of these things are not like the other in my opinion yeah so our um one of the people we met through our publicist was matt bacon and matt bacon is someone who uh knows a lot of people and he pitched our label or excuse me our record to a few different labels be beforehand and Metal Salt came and said, uh, yeah, I want to sign these guys. And I remember talking to him because I'm like, I'm like, we really I don't know if we fit on this label um, to a certain extent. But they had recently just signed another band called Solar Haze, who kind of does black metal. But, you know, basically what I've, I've heard from Andrew, who, who runs the label, um, is that he wants to expand uh, the label to to represent a little bit of the heavier death metal uh black metal side and they just signed a really really fucking cool band called circle of size who also kind of don't fit in i mean they're not a death metal band but i think andrew is just really he just he clearly is a fan and he signs bands that he likes that's that's my impression of him because you also have bands like old blood who was a on the billboard top 50 um, yeah. their recent record and that's like a kind of a rock and roll uh you know, stoner metal band. And I think Andrew's just a guy who um, he looks at like what you got going on behind the music too, as well. And yeah, I think he's a, he's a fan as much as he is uh, running, running this as his, uh, his business. Yeah. I think for him, it's a labor of love. And uh, I think that he, he collects the bands that he, that he likes, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, but before we uh, actually, uh, got our publicist uh, involved. Uh, we were kind of completely off the map. Like we're just terrible at social media. We're terrible at spreading the word and and marketing. So 
I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but Jess made a great business move uh, getting a publicist involved. Yeah, that's the best thing a band can do. When yeah. you release an album that you've already dumped a lot of money into, dump just a little bit more into a publicist. It goes a long way. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And the funny thing is, uh, I, I, I've known Curtis for years. Yeah. Uh, so he literally sent me a message and he said, can you please review this band? Cause I'm not sure they're going to get any press at all right now. Cause <laughs> not really known. And I'm like, who the hell is sea sleeper? Why are you pushing this on me? And he goes, yeah. cause he's like, he's, you're going to dig it, man. Trust me. And I trust his opinion. Cause like he knows what I like and, and, and don't like. So, you know, you're absolutely right. Like when you have a good PR guy, uh, the, the world's your oyster. Cause they'll push a record that they know, uh, somebody's gonna like versus not like. So uh, yeah. no, absolutely, very very cool the way to say that. Yeah. Um, well, Curtis, yeah, he said too. Like this was like a week before the release, and he was like, "Hey, we only got like you know five reviews, and that's probably all we're gonna get." And and I was like, "Oh, okay, you know that's that's fine or whatever." And then after the album drop, just this <laughs> handful of reviews came because I know that he was working behind the scenes, and. Uh, he, he's he's an absolutely awesome publicist. We literally went, like Shane said, we went from a year and a half ago having, we just formed the band basically, having 100 followers on Instagram. And then all of a sudden, like, it, it's just crazy where we're at now. And I mean, like the fact we're like selling out of our, 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 our merch and shit, it's like, what? Like, what is this? So we're we're yeah. super stoked on on what Curtis and what Metal Salt are doing too. That's, we, we got really lucky and kind of, crept our way into that but um yeah man it's uh it's been a really cool experience nice uh so i i only got a couple more questions for you uh and then i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap it up but uh the the next question i kind of really want to ask is being a, a relatively new band being that this is your first true real record like that you're actually doing out uh do you find it in my personal opinion, I, I think this is kind of a new age for extreme music. And I, I've noticed that there's a lot of impressive bands. And I think it's because people aren't thinking about selling a million records anymore. They're literally going in, doing their thing, doing what they love. And if 500 people dig the record, then that's really all that matters to them because people aren't doing it to make a living anymore because we know that like, it's not really a possibility to be able to do it like back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. But do you find it refreshing? Like there's almost camaraderie now with bands that there wasn't five, six, seven years ago. And uh, I just, I, I kind of want to like, as a new band, uh, do you kind of see the same thing where like bands are helping each other out and they want you on a bill to play live or like they're 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 pimping out the record to somebody else and saying like, hey, this band's really cool. Uh, I don't need to always talk about my band. These three or four bands are really like are, are the shit. You should check them out, too, because don't just throw me 10 bucks, throw them $10, too, because if sure. you do that, for everybody, we're all going to get a second record instead of just getting one record and never hearing it again. So talk a little bit about the underground today in your eyes, because it almost reminds me of that kind of tape trading kind of world again, where the underground kind of like, if you like it, you, you spread it to all your friends. Yeah, that's a good analogy for sure. Um, yeah. You know, it was kind of crazy. Like uh, we have a Twitter page that we, I just, we don't use that much. Sure. And I got on maybe like three weeks after our album dropped and there's, all these comments from like uh, all these bands, like metal writers, 
that were mm-hmm. talking about our record and sharing their record uh, around. And that's something I hadn't quite seen before either. I was kind of blown away and taken aback. I'm like, you have thousands of bands out there and thousands of bands that are crushing it in the scene. And today you chose to share our record. And it really kind of inspired me. Same thing that Bandcamp Friday inspired me. Just start picking up records um, yeah. on Friday. And I, I have so much I have so much goddamn merch over the last year, man. It's crazy. But like it's it's because I feel connected to that community. You know what I mean? And I also like, like I said, I just been blown away with the kind words. And there is like I have friends I've made on the Internet for the first time in my life, too which if you would have told me two years ago, I'd have some really close friends that I'd never met in person before. And, uh, and these people are from bands who were just kind of digging each other's music. And, you know, we just talk uh, every week and that's new to me too. But yeah, like seeing them spread our stuff around, you bet your, your ass, I'm going to spread your shit around too, especially if it's good. And it is kind of a, uh, it is, new for me too and it's something we've had to learn over the last yeah. uh year or so yeah and i would say that uh there came a point probably a few years ago where we started looking around and we were like shit we're probably not going to get signed we're probably not going to get to like do this on the road we're probably not going to be like rock star someday so let's stop waiting for the label let's stop let's stop like waiting for these things to come to us and then we went ahead and like we wrote the album that we wanted to write. So, yeah, and that's you know, the thing. Shane and I, we're gonna write records till we're till we fucking die. Yeah, we're not attached <laughs> to the the van and the the tour bus. And you know, I, I sure hope that there's touring opportunities uh, for us down the line. But we are free right now in the sense that we get to write whatever album we want. We're not worried about uh, making money. We're not worried about eventually being able to do this as a career so we're we're free artistically yeah that those moments in the in the rehearsal space when we're writing music is what it's all about like we just started writing a new song last night and we were buzzing when we left that that band space and there's no other feeling like that in the world like connecting with my brother our bassist who's been jamming with us for the last 10 years when we're in that zone and we're locking man it's the best feeling in the world cool yeah, it's funny that you say that, like, uh, best friends or really good friends through the internet, and you never thought that was going to happen, because no. literally, I, I have a, not to pit myself, but I have a friend in Israel that we've been friends, like, probably four or five years, and we realized we like the same kind of music, and uh, we do kind of, like, harsh noise, industrial kind of music, For sure. and, and, and we got together, and we kind of just made a record we put three songs together it's 45 minutes they're like 15 minute long tracks. <laughs> i knew you liked long songs yeah and, and and we just like you know what we're probably going to put it ourselves and uh I, we, we were talking to one of my other friends uh which runs a label called aesthetic death in the uk and i was like you put a record out for me 10 years ago just listen to this tell me if you think it's ready to be put out. Do you think it's good? Like whatever. And literally two days later, he's like, uh, it's ready to put out and I'm going to do it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, cool, man. Oh, yeah. like, you what, know, like, what do you play? Um, so I, I play guitar, bass, keyboards, and I do vocals. Um, okay. uh, the only thing I can't do is I literally have no rhythm whatsoever. So to pick up a drumstick would be an atrocity to mankind for me. Sure. Um, what's your, what's that project called, man? I'll check it yeah, out. Oh, it's it called it, it's called Cadaver Listing. So it's uh, his project's called Cadaver. And it's my last name, and uh, it'll be out in April on Aesthetic Death. But I'll, I'll send you links. It's cool, man. Hell yeah, it's man. 
Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Send me that Bandcamp yeah. link. Yeah, I, I, de I definitely will. Uh, but it wasn't for that reason. It was the same reason, like you said, like, you know, you get these friends together and all of a sudden you, 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 you're surprised that like you become as close as you are. And that's kind of what this world is now. And like where you really can't do a lot right now. Thank God things are starting to open a little bit. Yeah, but uh, sure. like I said, you know, like uh, it, if you didn't have friends like that or people like that to support you, it, it'd be a really tough fucking world right now. I, 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 I totally agree. For sure. Um, so my last question for you is the same question I ask every single goddamn band. Uh, and I just, I love to get the response because I always get these eyes of like, holy shit, we have no idea. So I hope it's the same way with you. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you could have somebody uh, take the record, which is what, uh, is it Nostophobia? I guess yeah. is the best way to say. Uh, uh, if you could have anybody uh, living dead, band wise, I don't care when, take it re-record it and make it their own and and give it to you what band would you want to do and why death for me okay and why i chuck shoulder like he he died in i think 90 or 2001 um and i was i was how old was i i was 12 years old at the time so when i found out after i'd been in the death when i was 16 in high school and then i found out a year later chuck shoulder actually died in 2001 i like cried and so uh -huh. i've always been extra connected to chuck shoulders and his guitar and his memory and just his legacy as a band and when i see chuck and i watch those videos of him playing live i'm just connected to him and i feel like he's uh I, I i just feel bonded to his music and i i would just love for him to uh to, to get gene hoagland on the drums there and uh, i feel like they'd make a pretty good uh, cover so, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you first, and I'm gonna ask you because now I can nitpick a little bit, which is mm -hmm. awesome. So, what period death are we talking about? We're talking about the Sound of Perseverance period. Okay. All right. That's, uh, that, I think that's, that Richard Christie on the drums. I'm a huge symbolic guy, but he's always been. Uh... Chuck is one of the few bands that, or I shouldn't say Chuck Death, which was Chuck's baby basically is, is one of the few death metal bands that literally i felt like got better with every record some okay. people don't like sound of perseverance and that's that's okay but for me one of the very few bands that your best record is your last record i mean how many bands can you name uh you know who are in that category no no and that's cool but that's why i was going to ask because uh, Christie and Hoagland are very different drummers, so I kind of wanted to know which which version you were talking about on Death. That's that's awesome. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah, that's definitely. why I'm a symbolic guy. So <laughs> yeah, you're a gene guy. <laughs> I was uh, figuring you'd be a symbolic guy. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think it'd be interesting to hand uh, Nostophobia over to a post Master of Puppets pre Black Album. Uh, or not Black Up, uh, Justice for All, Metallica. Interesting. So it would be post, this is like Master Puppets has come out. Yeah. They're heading into Injustice. I feel like that era of James, he just had like such a, a, a golden, godly uh, voice, in my opinion. I, I think that that would have been interesting. The question is, is, and I hate the people pick on Lars all the time, but <laughs> would Lars be able to cover that? Or would you be okay with him basically modifying the drum parts to kind of fit the songs how he see how he saw fit yeah i feel like i would i would put the trust in him to modify things if needed but i will say that i always felt like and justice for all uh drumming performance of his that is was, his best was his best 
so he probably was at his peak at that point. That's a good point. That's, so. a, that's exactly what I was going to say is, if you're talking about Masters into Injustice for All period Metallica, his chops were as tight as they possibly yeah. could be. Yeah, but for sure. One, but the thing I am going to say is, so you're going to tell your bass player to fuck off. That's basically <laughs> That's what he said. That's literally what you just said. He said, I'm going to have the greatest bass player in the world. Uh, and in my opinion, Jason Newstead is an amazing bass player. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Uh, but like, let's turn them all the way down. And now your bass player has no hope. Yeah. Nick, if you ever watch this, now you know how I feel about you, bro. <laughs> Poor Nick. Very it's so cool. funny because he's been getting base basis jokes since the day he entered. I know, the band. but it's so funny because our I feel like the bass on Nasta is probably a little bit louder than what it is for typical death metal uh, producing and recording. So we love you, Nick. We do. Love no, you. It, it it works. That's why I was saying like you're going to tell your bass player to go away because you can hear him really well on this record. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I'm going to leave the last couple of minutes to you guys to just talk about. Uh, the band, anything that you got going on, if there's other projects you're doing, like it, it's it's your moment to shine and talk about what you're doing for the next, oh, let's say six months. Yeah. So uh, again, I just want to appreciate for having us on, man. Uh, when you came out with uh, the video on our album, I it was the first time that we saw someone, because we can't play this stuff live right now. First time we saw someone listening to our music, like and seeing just kind of like that, the reaction and it just it was really cool to see um so we really appreciate you doing that we appreciate you checking out metal bands that uh that not very many people know about and you giving them the time of day because that's what is the coolest thing about metal is uh people like you who are so passionate and connected to it that you just can't escape it they got to go talk about it online um so and and we also like your format (laughs) Of, of reviewing albums we think that that we haven't seen another reviewer like you do what you do so it's very unique and i think you're you're on to something and you definitely need to yeah know, man so we just want to say thanks to you for uh for the support too as well and uh we hope you check out the next one but for us we're going to be uh we're already writing the next album just wrapped up uh, song number one last night just in the writing process uh would love would love to be able to play some shows here soon um, I think we want to do some West Coast runs uh, as soon as things open up. Andrew, who uh, runs our label, is also a uh, books tours and, and book shows too in the LA area. So we might be heading down the West Coast when things do open up. And for us, man, I think it's just uh, we're just going to be focusing on again that that bond in that band space is kind of where our focus is for the next uh, until things open up, essentially. Oh, wait, oh, and a live stream. We're going to be doing live streams, too, here soon. We kind of got all geared up for that. Even though I don't know how that'll turn out, I think we just need to f- perform to something, to someone, or, or to something like that. Very cool. Yeah, and, oh. and I'll, I'll just say that uh, I'm incredibly excited to just kind of, like, rather than sit on this album, to just kind of jump into something right away. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can come up with next because we don't even have any idea what that's going to look like um and yeah that's what i'm looking forward to uh from a sea sleeper uh standpoint (laughs) awesome um well if you do play live i definitely will be there definitely come down to phoenix we'll hang out we'll uh you know uh we'll we'll talk music we'll we'll have a beer or two and uh 
man. But uh, uh, thank you again. I I'm definitely going to link the Bandcamp site and everything as well on this uh, too. Um, again, Clint from the Doorway too, uh, hanging out with the brothers from Sea Sleeper. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you for this. And uh, like you guys, guys have a good weekend. All right. All right, man. You too. Have a good one. You nice too. talking to you. Thank you.